Hey guys, and welcome to another great episode of Grace Under Pressure. I'm your host, Sarah Willis, and today I am joined by Sarah Switak. And uh, this is going to be a great conversation. And uh, yeah, just two powerhouse Sarahs meeting and discussing jujitsu. So for just to kind of lay the groundwork, tell our listeners how you got into jujitsu and uh, all those sorts of good things. Yeah, so I always tell people there's like the short story and then there's the long story. For The short story was... Um, I just wanted something to know that I could defend myself, some form of self-defense, something that I knew that if I were to be traveling or or going anywhere with my family or there was one instance with my sister, uh, we were traveling somewhere and we were out. I just didn't feel safe, didn't feel like if something were to uh, happen that I'd be able to protect myself. Um, Long story is I was dealing with some personal things, personal issues, things that were going on in my life at the time. Um, and I needed an outlet for my aggression that I was dealing with and just needed something to dump into so I could kind of have an outlet. And so having that, that outlet that jujitsu has provided for me, um, I think what I anticipated going in and then what I've actually gained and, and everything that I've gotten, it was unexpected. I didn't realize all the family and the connections that I was going to make and the friendships that, uh, the longevity of that, but also the confidence that I gained from the, the sport itself. I'm a competitive person, so I didn't think I realized how competitive of a person I am until I got into the sport. And I think about three or so months in, I started competing just because I, I picked it up right away and I just loved the atmosphere. I went and actually watched a couple of tournaments with my teammates and saw them and the aggression and how they were able to just subdue their, their partners or their opponents at instant. And it's you know, something just in my head. I was like, I got to do this. I got to get out there. I want to experience what they're experiencing. Um, but the biggest thing was I just wanted to have that next level of confidence and have a, an outlet for, for myself. And it's definitely been that and then been some for me, for sure. Oh, yes, I, I can attest to that. It's it's a great outlet. Phenomenal. Um, yep. About to say, and yeah. I met you doing competition, so it's hard for me to say, I didn't realize I was that competitive. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, when I meet yeah. you, <laughs> it's like going all the yeah. way through. So I think that's the backstory. So. This episode is brought to you by Grapple Graphics. When you go to the mat, you might wear a ranked rash guard or a BJJ belt. But what if you could show off your rank off the mat? Grapple Graphics sells ranked decal so you can show the world your hard work whether on a laptop water bottle or on your car grapple graphics has also developed t-shirts as well don't leave your rank on the mat show the whole world what you have become Hey there, podcast listeners looking for a straightforward, no-nonsense approach to fitness? Well, then check out Cut and Dry Gym, located right in the heart of Flowood, Mississippi. At Cut and Dry, they believe in providing you with the tools and environment you need for real, tangible results. Say goodbye to overwhelming gimmicks and hello to a fitness experience that is as clear cut as their name. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned athlete, Cut and Dry Gym is ready and able to be your partner in this journey. Come transform with them today and let's make those fitness goals a reality. Visit Cut and Dry Gym, where it's all about pure, powerful progress. Ever found yourself in need of a quick snack or maybe that last minute essential? Look no further than Sprint Mart, located conveniently in your neighborhood. Sprint Mart offers a wide variety of products to cater to your every whim and need when you're on the road. 
from refreshing drinks to mouthwatering snacks and daily travel essentials, they've got you covered. And with their tagline, run with the best, you know you're getting top-notch service and quality every time you step in. So next time you're on the go, make a quick stop at Sprint Mart and truly run with the best. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like the backstory for for, the, for your listeners to uh, how we met. We met at the uh, Summit Grappling Tournament in Mississippi, and mm-hmm. um, I think we were with uh, Macy. We were just talking, and all yeah. of a sudden, I just struck up a conversation with you. And I was like, "No way, you're Sarah, also with an H." Which yes, that's just that's just cool in itself. And I was like, oh, "You're actually a pretty <laughs> awesome person." And um, I know that I think in the lineup, I was fighting before you and then mm-hmm. you were fighting or was it the, I think it was the other way around. I think I ended up coaching your match because you were alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up coaching uh, your match and then you coached mine. Mm-hmm. Then I said, you, you coached all mine with my sister. Yes. And we just kind of hit it off. And that's what I love about jujitsu is just the un, unsuspecting friendships that get cultivated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, here we are. Uh, I live in Colorado and yeah. we met in Mississippi and you live in Mississippi. Live. I just knew you had to travel a long ways to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm basically we're in the north of the state and I live in the, the south part of the state. Okay. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, so it was but, neat to be able to meet under um, that circumstance. And yes. so it's like, okay, cool. And they're like, I got a podcast. I'm like, well, neat. And then literally on my way home from the, the trip, I downloaded a couple of your episodes. I was like, this is really cool. Like you, I love your podcast in the format oh, that you. I provided it. And I think the most recent one that I'd listened to, you had one of your teens from your gym on, yeah. on the mm-hmm. podcast and yeah. it's just neat how much it's growing i think if anything a lot of people doing the podcast just like joe rogan and everything else like oh yeah everyone oh, gets yeah. to see a different uh, approach or an aspect to the sport when you hear it talked about mm-hmm. uh, especially mm-hmm. just in a casual manner and so the way we met was just really neat to oh yeah <laughs> on your podcast so. it really was um and i know <laughs> I I am not I don't really yell that much in my life like day to day but I just remember the entire because it started I don't know I think your first match was like at 8 30 or something like that I, yeah. I can't remember but yeah, then I was we're later there. for sure yeah and so and it was like from 8 30 and then you, you're you go all the way into the absolute and I'm yelling all the way through so basically I am yelling from 8 30 to midnight I had did no you lose voice. Your voice I did <laughs> I added so. it up it was about 53 minutes of jujitsu in one night uh to have five matches um yeah and you were there with all of them i was surprised i knew you're like i need to get home like oh i totally understand that you ended up staying in the next match and you're like no you're going all the way i'm like i am yeah. going all the way. yes you were yes <laughs> uh, but i can't leave you either you know like because you're yeah. from colorado you didn't have anybody and yeah. so and that was a cool thing like my sister had come over from arkansas but yeah it's not her sport and she Mm-mm. was out of her element and she's like i don't know what to coach you i don't know what to tell you i'm like it's fine just being there is, is mm-hmm. helpful enough but i think by that last match she was and with it, keywords fully invested. How many opportunities do you get to see sister in a competition environment oh, going yeah. against a Brazilian black belt? Like that's I just know that was that crazy. was awesome. So, that was amazing. Match. So yes, I, I really appreciate Summit Grappling putting on that that tournament. That's my second time with them. Yeah, um, and I think I heard they're doing another one here in a few months. Uh, so awesome. So, oh yeah, for sure. And they so, also are prioritizing women, which was neat. So, oh yeah, no, that's always great. And you know you. Sometimes, you know, we know that it's not as big of a sport with females, you know, but it seems like when I watch, you know, the guys, you know, doing their matches, their tournaments, it's a lot more 
Uh, sometimes it's just brute strength that they'll they'll mm-hmm. tap into because you know yeah. it's just the acai bowls, right? That's all it is. Um, <laughs> but what, and you know, with females, you know, there is some of that going on too. But yeah. it's just so much more technical, it seems. Because yeah. um, you I've have heard some to. people agree with that. Like people are like, it's more entertaining to watch some of the the female matches and stuff. It's it's neat to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so my question, because because you had so many different fights um, that evening, how were you able to, I don't know, I guess, dig in deep to keep that stamina going? Because it seemed obviously I, I know you got tired, but you were still able to finish and you probably had the hardest fight at the end. So what was that like? Uh, I think the biggest thing here lately that I've been working on um, is the mental aspect of it. I mean, of course, jujitsu is the drilling and the training and understanding the techniques and all that. But I feel like a big portion that gets neglected is the mental fortitude of Mm -hmm. it, Um, not overthinking. Uh, I knew, like, I just thought, okay, one match at a time. And of course, like the ultimate goal is I wanted to get the... I wanted to get the belt. I wanted to like win the win the, the win the purse yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And of course, like you think about that, but then it's like, all right, I gotta tuck that away. I can't be I can't be cocky. I've never been that way. That's not my demeanor. My mm-hmm. my saying that I have is um, I don't want to underestimate my opponent, but I don't also want to underestimate myself. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like having that balance and that understanding of like they can be really good, they can be on their game, but so am I. Um, and so it's just having that approach to it, but. I don't know if you had noticed, but in between the matches, like when I knew that I had moved on, I was like, all right, okay, another one down. And then I go into, I've been doing like restorative yoga. My gym Mm -hmm. offers uh, once a week restorative yoga class, which is really helpful for like that meditative moment where you just need to kind of center yourself and calm your mind and just kind of hone in on on your thought process and not let your thoughts kind of go crazy because after you just want to match and like maybe your adrenaline's going and everything else it's like okay i need to calm everything back down i have to reset Mm -hmm. i have to approach this next fight like it's my first match um Mm -hmm. go into it that approach i also um i'm uh, affiliate with a company called sisu stamina it's one of my teammates uh, company that he's put together and so it's a, a healthy uh, natural tablet for energy and uh, sustaining your energy and i made sure i took one of those before my first match and then mm-hmm. i took it i think after my second or third i think it was my second or third absolute match so that mm-hmm. also helps with mental clarity um and so that was another kind of pivotal thing to to my element of preparing for the the duration of all my matches was let alone the the sisu stamina tablets but also um, coming, I guess, center with my thoughts, calming my mind, and then just making sure that my body like on point and, and rejuvenated for the next fight. And the mental mm-hmm. fortitude that um, is encompassed with that, I think it definitely gets neglected. And Or maybe people don't talk about it. I don't know if it's just something that people have become used to doing and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's just the next fight or we're going to go into the next uh, next round and brush off the last one and continue on but i feel like there's a lot more to it than that yeah i I follow a lot of um what joe rogan kind of talks about but more so um this is his approach to the mentality of it or Mm -hmm. like jocko willink and things it's just like you have to have the mentality that it's like good well this is i got this match done cool well now we're moving on to the next one and Mm -hmm. just be able to 
recenter yourself and go after i think that's definitely what helped me sustain five oh, matches yeah. 52 minutes of jiu-jitsu Jeez, to get the belt yeah. and win the, win the championship so. and i think that's a good point you know and i think it's becoming more commonplace to talk about the mental aspect of jujitsu. Yeah. um it kind of seems in the past i don't know maybe the past year and that might just be because i started doing you know the sports psychology stuff and you know mm. when you start working on something or if you start thinking about a blue you start car seeing it more. you start yeah. seeing it more so but i know yeah. i've just heard it talked about more so i don't know if that's again the i'm not sure what they call that in psychology but i'm not sure if it's that or it does seem like i'm hearing about it legitimately more from teammates so and i think that's a really big thing and uh mental health in general is getting talked about more which is a good thing yes so and i think with uh jujitsu it just it forces you to have to go into those places where you're either gonna dig yourself out or you're just going to start burying yourself you know so it's the choice you got the shovel which way are you going to go exactly exactly. yeah and Um, that's the other thing too is like well along with the mental part i feel like breath work is something that's also important one of my mm -hmm. teammates um noble givens he talks about the importance of, of mindfulness of your breath and he introduced it to me the box breathing and of course you don't want to be doing this during a round but maybe like leading up or in between rounds and stuff you do i think the navy seals do it as well it's box mm-hmm. breathing so you take a deep breath for four seconds you hold and sustain that for four you exhale for four then you hold for four before you do that and that like calms your nerves it there's your thought process it just really can put into like a really honed in meditative state because you're really focusing on your breath and i've been trying to implement that more like when I am doing my competition roles and things I feel like it's helped that I don't get as much of the adrenaline dump um, that mm-hmm. I used to and get like the, the shaky forearms and all that stuff because yeah. I'm not yeah. like trying to death grip people which I would hope by the time you're purple belt you're not death gripping people but you know it, it can happen the, oh, the sure. adrenaline gets you um, but I think that's important too is just understanding like the importance of your breath as well um, mm-hmm. So that's it. It's like jujitsu isn't just one thing. I think that's why I love it so much. And like even when eventually I get to my black belt, there's still so much to learn. People think that, oh, you get to black belt, you've made it. It's like, well, you've made it to black belt. Yes. But yeah. you're still on a whole other journey. Like jujitsu is just there's so many other avenues to to work on, whether it's your mental or your breath work or um, how good of a teacher are you? Like how good of an influence are you within your within your gym itself? Um, do you lead by example with the actions and the things that you say and, and the influence and presence that you have in your gym? Um, I feel like those are all really important things to, to kind of master a mm-hmm. in itself with each of those avenues. Um, I teach the women's class at my gym uh, every Wednesday night and to see like the impact that I have on those ladies and the confidence and this, they are able to walk into a room with their chest a little bit prouder and their head held high and you can just see the the advancement of their skill sets and stuff and it's really neat just because I know there aren't as many women uh, who train let alone compete but when I get like the moms of some of the kids who are training at our gym coming in and they're apprehensive and they're like I'm not sure and I don't want to get hurt but I want to try this and then see what it's all about and so mm-hmm. it's just neat to, to see the influence and the impact that I'm having at my gym um, just with the teaching but also how I compete and how I prepare for a competition so that's uh, that's really something special yeah. for sure. No, I know. Um, and that's my, my day job uh, is teaching. And so, yeah, being able to see and communicate things that you know to someone and then get it, you know, yeah. that's that's so fulfilling. It really is. It and is. Uh, I know in teaching jujitsu, it's one of the things 
where the more you teach, I don't know, to me, it also seems to refine your own technique because that's the last stage of mastery. If you can teach something to someone else, you've mastered in theory that material. Mm. And, um, and that's the, another great thing about jujitsu. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get some of the girls that I teach at my school like, Hey, you know, you're graduating this year. Maybe you want to know how to you know, protect yourself, you know. Yeah, it's like you're going and, off to college and yeah. you want to have the opportunity to not have that that fear or that, mm-hmm. that lingering kind of thought of can I protect myself if something were to happen? God forbid, like yeah. you don't want that to happen, but it's better to to be prepared and, yeah. and to yeah. not um, need it. But if you need it, you have it. I think mm-hmm. the, the saying goes, it's better to be a, a gardener in a war than a warrior in a garden. Or is it the other way around? It's better to be a warrior in a garden and a gardener in a war. Yeah, Which that makes, makes yeah. sense. It's like you, yeah. it's better to have the tools at your disposal and never use them mm-hmm. than the opportunity present itself that you have to and you can't. Right. Yeah. And that's just and jujitsu is one of those things now if it's a good gym, I, I'll preface all that yeah. here. If it's a good gym, <laughs> it doesn't just crank out belts. You know, I, I grew up doing uh, Taekwondo kind of being I don't want to say Mick Dojo, but you know, being in that belt factory kind of thing and <laughs> You know, two years, you get a black belt, you know, two years with jujitsu, you get a blue belt. You've got another, what, eight something years to go. And uh, that just makes all the difference so that by the time you're in this process, it really is going to test your perseverance, your endurance mentally, physically, so that by the time you've got that black belt, in theory, you should have so much information at Mm. your disposal to teach somebody, you know, and that's, I guess that's why we call them professors, you know because you've got all this knowledge and you're trying to teach someone. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I don't know, that's one of the big benefits I've seen with jujitsu is that when you get to those upper ranks, if you've stuck it out, you know, a thing or two and yeah. you know, and it's kind of cool that even if you know a thing or two and you're an upper rank, you may still get caught off guard by that mm-hmm. first day white belt. You know, if you mm-hmm. underestimate your opponent, that's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is like you be, you, you get humbled quickly mm-hmm. uh, in jiu-jitsu no matter who you go against i mean i just i went to an open match uh, this morning at one of my local uh, loads grappling and i think rolled with <laughs> he was a white belt, but of course we were no gi so it's hard to tell but he was like oh i've been training for a few years i'm like cool awesome I'm like not a problem or whatever but i'm humble enough to tap if i need to but mm-hmm. it was i was rolling with him i was like wow okay you are not okay you got some skill with you and i, I don't want to be that <laughs> that person at an open mat that's just being a jerk or whatever and so i'll let them work and kind of work my own thing as well but i'd rather be tapped multiple times and learn in the training room than tap at a, at a tournament and stuff so it's mm-hmm. having the opportunity to to be humbled with whoever you go with you know that you're gonna it's this part of the game and i know a lot mm-hmm. of people have trouble with that and that yeah. is something yeah. also to to overcome with the mental aspect of it is not not feeling bad that you got tapped or got put in some silly position that you didn't assume was gonna lead to a tap but then you end up tapping you're like darn okay well how do i how do i correct that how do i work on that Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the cool thing that's why i like doing open maps as well uh you get to go against people who don't maybe know your exact game like your own teammates and things Mm -hmm. so it's really helpful to help evolve um your your progression with work Oh, for sure. And I know um, you just got back from a trip and that's one of my favorite things to do when I go on a trip. Okay, where can I find an open mat somewhere that nobody knows me? And uh, you can really then see like, okay, how does it stack up, you know, to people who legit don't know me? Uh, So what? So now I'm just curious, just because I, I got to know, what was Switzerland like? Or was it Switzerland oh. or Sweden? <laughs> Switzerland, it right? It was Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, it was Switzerland. Uh, it was amazing. Um, 
just the views and and the culture and everything and we did different tours and things that was mm-hmm. that was amazing my my goal was to at least go train once if i could find a gym that was nearby uh, mm-hmm. we were in montreux switzerland so um it, it's I feel like there's more gyms maybe closer to Geneva, which is about an hour away. Mm -hmm. So I was hopeful that I'd be able to find a gym nearby. Uh, Luckily, I found a gym called the Swiss Bushudo Academy, and they train mainly no, uh, they mainly train gi, not no gi. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I reached out to them beforehand, and I was like, I'm just going to be visiting, and I'd love to stop by. And they're like, oh, you'd be most welcome to to come, and look forward to seeing you you when you do come. So I ended up going Monday, and I was... A little nervous to go. I've only trained out of the country one other time in Germany last year, mm-hmm. uh, but I went with a friend, and so I was like, you know, not as lo- alone and going and all that stuff. And I had assumed I was like, okay, well, it's mostly French speaking there, and so I was oh. like, well, hopefully, it seems like everyone I run into is bilingual, and they might start talking to you in French, but then the moment that they hear that you're, they'll switch and start talking to you in English, like it's super easy and fluid for them to do that. Oh, so jealous. <laughs> yeah, I, it makes me want to learn very much. So the, mm-hmm. the language, but when I went in to introduce myself to the the black belt who owns the gym, he does not speak anything except um, French, and so he pulled over one of his uh, students who spoke, uh, who's bilingual and had them translate for, for me to him and him to me. And um, basically it was like, you're mo- welcome and thank you for, for coming. And uh, most of the, uh, the warm-ups and everything were similar to uh, what we do here. I will say uh, they are some tough people over there because I'm used to air conditioning and oh, uh, no. they have no air conditioning. They have like one oh, little no. tiny fan in the corner of the room. Uh, um, and so you hope that you're not going to die while you're a geek and it was, I think, 92 degrees there. So it was 92, oh, no. humid, hot, no, no air conditioning. And they did more intense of a warm-up than uh, what I'm used to, even at my gym, which we do a pretty good warm-up. But I was like, okay, mm-hmm. if I'm going to take anything back from, from what I learned from them, was like they, they really do like intense cardio-driven warm-ups, but then also certain of the drills and things I'm sure that most of the other gyms do as well. But mm-hmm. um, I was like, if anything, it's their training and no air conditioning and hot geese, which <laughs> is amazing. Um, but the cool part was is when I was there on Monday, um, I partnered up with this gal and I think she had been training for about six months or so. Mm-hmm. And um, she, of course, spoke, uh, she was bilingual. And so I was talking with her and he would come over, the professor, and he would kind of show her a couple of details. And then like, that's the amazing thing is jujitsu is a language in itself. Mm-hmm. You don't speak the language, but you can see what they're showing. And a couple of times he had somebody try to like, you know, say what he was saying and translate it for me. And I was like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like I'll, I'll just observe and watch and, and learn there. Um, and so I was drilling with her. She was like, well, she's like, you're adding even more detail of, of how to continue on with this. And she's like, you mm-hmm. explained this so well. And I was like, well, I'll tell you, like, right off the bat, I apologize in advance if my, my coach mode's kicking in because I just kind of took her under my wing like she was uh-huh. another one of my, one of my uh, women's students. And uh, she's like, no, no, this is actually really, really helpful mm-hmm. uh, to be able to have somebody who's so experienced as my training partner uh, on a, in addition to the professor walking around and able to help. But um, it was nice because then she was telling him like how happy she was that I was there and to be able to help um, with the class. And so he asked me as the first role and we were rolling together and I could tell like he was feeling like wanting to not be like too crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted him to know that like I'm a competitor, like don't don't baby me because I know mm-hmm. They don't want to be. Uh, I know when I roll with guys, it's hard to kind of gauge. Like, 
are you one of the gals I have to be more careful with or mm-hmm. whatever? And I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like, I wanted to make a statement that's like, you don't need a baby me. I can handle myself. It's fine. And so then I think he and I kind of had the understanding. So we kind of were turning up the, the pressure and, and the fluidity of, of our role. Um, mm-hmm. And really awesome to roll with him and have that experience. And then he was telling some of the other like students that I should roll with him. And then right after class was over with, they're like, are you going to come back? How long are you staying? Like, we loved having you here. And I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. actually leaving Friday, but let me see if I can make it Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I ended up making it Wednesday and it was a great class again. So definitely yeah. highly recommend that gym. And they were so welcoming to, to me to show up and train at their gym and, and have the opportunity to kind of feel part of their, their gym, part of the family for a, uh, mm-hmm. a short time. And um, yeah, it was a, one of a, one, once in a lifetime experience to get to have that and get to train with them. So, oh man, um, if that's not a travel brochure, I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was neat. And um, one of the other black belts who was there, I told him, I was like, I'm preparing for a pants. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay. He was like, so you, you train quite often. I was like, I definitely train a lot. Uh, and I was like, and I love it. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but he was like, all right, well, let's get a good, a good roll in to help you prepare for that. So it was, it was neat mm-hmm. to have that opportunity. Even when I was for a business that tended to a vacation in Switzerland to get to mm-hmm. train and, and of course not to expect uh, to be pleasantly surprised with my experience. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. Now, that's just so cool that you can go anywhere in the world and you have a family, you have a connection, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's like you said, it's its own language. You know, mm-hmm. if we speak that same language, we've got that connection. And so it's, I don't know, I just find that amazing about jujitsu. Yeah. And that's, that's a special thing that I've talked with my family about it. I'm like, you go and you, this gym becomes your, your family. It's another extension of your family. I mean, I'm, I'm the youngest of five, so I already have a big mm-hmm. family as it is, but then to go and just know it's like, these are our these training partners become your friends who become your family and and to know that anywhere that i go i'll have the opportunity because it's it's blossomed so much like the sport has just evolved mm-hmm. and grown i mean i know it's been around for a while but it, it's just the opportunities of where you can train or if you're in like a little area like of all places in montreux switzerland versus mm-hmm. some of the bigger areas in switzerland to to have a gym 10 minutes from my hotel was awesome um and that's i don't know if you've ever been out of the country or had the opportunity but sure but i definitely highly recommend that experience sure. oh yeah no i'm not I, i've been out of the country one time when i did study abroad uh in england uh for okay. literature and stuff but that's before i found jujitsu and so mm-hmm. if i had you know but back then that's been geez that's been several moons ago um <laughs> but it's been at least a decade uh yeah. and so and jujitsu wasn't yeah excuse me jujitsu wasn't as big as it is now yeah. so who and you know i was in um Annick, england um i think i'm saying that right but it's where okay. they filmed the first couple of harry potters uh oh, okay. like on the quidditch grounds and stuff so it's very small town but wonderful people yeah. um but there may not have been an opportunity to have trained but um we went we had a honeymoon redo my husband and i mm-hmm. um in uh Asheville, and we found a place called open source over there it was great and it was a very welcoming environment i loved it we were there for several days and you know just found you know kind of a home there and uh yeah. but not had a chance to train out of the country but i hope to one day okay. so we'll see we'll i would see. say like when i trained last year um it was my first time out of the country and i went to germany to visit my mm-hmm. sister because she was mm-hmm. in there at ramstein 
and cool. getting to train there was was amazing mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if it was just like now that i've grown even more in in my own confidence but i was like i have to train in switzerland but now after that i, I want to go and just train all over the world. oh yeah <laughs> get to have that experience you should do like my father his goal before he was 50 now they added more national parks before he turned yeah. 50 so he didn't hit that goal but basically very close to doing it. He wanted to go to all of the national parks by the time he was 50. Mm. And so he had a big, he has a big map of the U.S. and he has all these pins. And so that's what you should do. Every country you go to, just check off all the little places you've been to. That might be kind of fun. That'd be awesome. And see, my thing, I would also try to see if I could um, do some some tournaments and things Ooh. out of the country, and then also like while I'm there, find a gym. So it's kind of getting like two birds with one stone, or yeah, you know, having that opportunity uh, be like two geese with one stone. I guess. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Now uh, yeah. two no geese sets with one stone. Exactly. That's my preference. <laughs> oh and- yeah. Yeah. No, and then behind you just, you know, nonchalantly got all your gold medals, you know, and so <laughs> <laughs> my dad and all those so this is uh, my white belt days. Blue belt blue days. Blue belt days. Oh, that's that's handy. Yeah. That is that's yeah. a good idea actually. <laughs> I never just, realized like how perfectly set up my desk was. Until yes. at one point, like I was talking with somebody, like, "Dang, look at all those medals!" But I'm like, "Oh, yeah, they are back there." Back. Don't mind me, you know. Just don't, you don't know, mind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So having the opportunity to train um, while I was there was definitely a once in a lifetime experience, and mm-hmm. it was it was awesome to to go and like I mean, it was a business trip, so we had busy days and everything. But um, just to know that I, I carved out the time to, to make it work. It's no different than when I'm here at home. Mm-hmm. I, I work full time. Um, before May, I was going to school full time and doing the jujitsu full time. So I'd like travel. I'd take my computer with me. I'd be working on papers on the airplane and then I'd go compete. I to do the competition and then that night I come home finish working on my papers fly back home and that was my life for the last four years of going to school and now it's mm-hmm. a transition I'm doing some doing educated things with my work and mm-hmm. working full time and getting to train and travel and Life is, life is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. so I got a question on that. So this is just a practical question. How how do you pack with the ghee? That's my question. How do you pack your ghee? Into, do you do carry-on? Do you do check? What do you do? So are you talking for international or for tournaments? For, it, for international and, I guess, tournaments. Because my husband now has a travel job, and we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we get a ghee and this little carry-on bag and yeah. enough clothes for a week? So, so that was it. So when I went to Germany, I... Um, found this gym and I knew that they did strictly nogi. So it's a heck of okay. a lot easier back in nogi gear. Um, for this trip, I um, I had my checked bag and then I had a carry on and I did okay. just I stuffed in my my gi. I folded it up like really really small. Put my belt like inside the roll and like made it like really compact mm-hmm. and just packed the one gi. Of course, going Monday and Wednesday, I ended up just washing it at my hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to use it the next day but it's definitely it's cumbersome because you're trying to figure out like all right am i gonna be over weight limit if you do the checked bag and so that's why i just brought it in my carry-on mm-hmm. um to have that opportunity to know that you'll yeah. be able to just have it with you um i would say just do a carry-on bag and then yeah. everything else is put in the check bag and whatever free space that you have in the carry-on bag put all the other things that you need yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go there you go because it's just so because it's all that's always the hardest part and that's one other reason i'm only like I don't want to say only like, but I prefer doing nogi. Is that it's just so much easier to pack your stuff yeah. in the nogi? Um, but what is that? 
like because you're going and getting ready for pan so i know um you said that you didn't realize how much of a competitor you were until you got into jujitsu so how did you transition from i don't know if you were doing just starting off in local tournaments or did you jump way in to the deep end at the start how did you find your groove in like you know ibjjf is your it seems like that's your preference yeah so when i first started i started june of 2018 um and then i think it was maybe it was in a september october time frame there was a local tournament that i ended up going to uh, so i definitely i didn't jump into the deep end i really mm-hmm. like my gym was they had a lot of competitors but they weren't trying to push like competing Um, And that's how my current gym is as well. Like we have a lot of people who are interested in competing, but we wouldn't necessarily consider ourselves like a competition gym, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of becoming that way because everyone loves to see us all competing and then they want to be involved in it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is neat because it's just, then you're getting like people who are just um, coming to it naturally instead of feeling pressured into it, uh, which I know some gyms are that way. So it's nice to have that that flexibility. Um, But no, I did there. I was lucky enough that, in Colorado Springs, there are a lot of uh, local tournaments, whether it be the Grappling Industries or the Nagas. Uh, Fight to Win uh, has mm-hmm. their local, but then they also have Fight to Win pros that they do here. So up in Denver, not necessarily here in the Springs. Uh, mm-hmm. So between Denver and, and Colorado Springs, a lot of options for me to do local tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. I did run into a lot of issue with uh, my weight and my belt to be able to find gals to to go against um so then i would end up like maybe signing up for my bracket then signing up for the absolute division because i might only have like one person in my bracket right if i'm gonna take the time to either go and and drive up to denver which is like an hour and a half away hour hour away um Mm -hmm. i wanted to know that i was going to have the opportunity to fight people um Mm -hmm. so then i would sign up for the absolutes and that was that was kind of nerve-wracking for my my parents especially my mom she's like wait you have the opportunity to go against like higher belts i'm like yeah exactly and she's like okay well you just you gotta be careful i'm like i know i know it's definitely it's you're taking a risk when you sign up for the absolutes as as a newer person really at any date at any stage it's, oh, it's yeah. a risk but, um so i had a lot of opportunity to do local tournaments uh, i think it was May of the following year, I did my first IBJJF uh, white belt okay. tournament yeah. in Denton, uh, Texas. So mm-hmm. that was kind of, I got my feet wet with IBJJF itself and kind of how their rule set worked and how to to travel. That was my first um, time traveling for the tournament and I just loved mm-hmm. it. So that's when yeah. I was like, all right, if I got a budget for these, these ones that I'm going to be going to and make it work, um, but then try to do the local ones as my preparation for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then by the time I got my blue belt, I was starting to go against a lot of the same people, um, mm-hmm. which like, it's not a bad thing because you get to see their their progression in the sport as well. Um, but it also does make it hard to advance your game when you're always fighting the same people who know your fighting style. Right. So then that was right. kind of, I was more adamant to go and travel out of state for a tournament to have the opportunity to fight people that I may not fight locally. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, you have the ADCC, which has become a really big thing. I mm-hmm. didn't really get on that train until uh, this year, uh, but mm-hmm. I knew about mm-hmm. it last year. And so then that's when I did uh, ADCC in Dallas a couple months back. Okay, um, and that was a that was a unique experience. It's like the rule set is very different, um, especially being solely um, no gi. But having the opportunity to, well, I think the bracket goes like three minutes that you're trying to submit, and then the other three minutes that you really still want to submit, but points are live, 
Um, and then if no points get scored, then you have another, I think, two or three minutes of um, overtime, basically. And then if nothing happens, then I think it goes to either a draw or ref's decision. I'm still kind of murky on all that. But uh, it was just a whole other um, beast to kind of tackle with this year doing the ADCC. Yeah. And I know yeah. that the trials are coming up, uh, the East Coast and the West Coast trials and right. all that stuff. Right. And I'm going to kind of sidestep this this time doing the um the east coast trials this is too hard to get over there but plan for next year um to do the west coast trials and kind of experience that but it's it's been it's been helpful to accelerate my jiu-jitsu game having the opportunity to have all the the opportunity all the tournaments around my area but then going and traveling uh doing pans um Mm -hmm. and no and then I've, I did Worlds, uh, Worlds last year. Um, now, I think I talked to you about that. That was when I did uh, the really severe weight cut, yeah, uh, which yeah. then made me realize that I don't ever want a weight cut again. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had been doing little baby cuts here and there, but that sure, was the first sure. time. I think it's like when I set my mind to something, I'll do it. I'll make it happen like mm-hmm. one way or another. Um, but it was just very detrimental to not not yeah. only like my body but my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like since then I've really accepted like, okay, where my weight is, I'm usually around like 190, 195. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to just compete at my resting weight and not cut down to I think it's like 175 for the gi, and I think it's 169 for no gi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just really hard for my body that's, mass that, and like where I am. Like I'm, I'm not fat by any means, but mm-mm. I am in the larger uh, bracket, which is understandable. But I just had made the decision from that point on. I was like, it's not worth it. Yeah, no, I can it, just naturally yeah. get down. Do that over <laughs> over a period of time. Yeah, because that's depending on how quick that weight cut is. Ooh, that that's yeah. gonna mess you up. Like I used to do bodybuilding, and yeah, we could cut weight but yeah you want to look that shredded you have no water in your system you're basically yeah. starving and that's not very conducive to doing well at yeah, uh, match. That's it. like your performance so. gets affected by that um mm-hmm. so i kind of had made like a promise to myself was like you're not going to do that severe anymore maybe mm-hmm. like a five pound here or there but that was i think it was 10 or 12 pounds in a week and i yeah. had already been the month prior cutting it just wasn't coming off as as mm-hmm. fast as i needed it to um so having that experience i think i needed to because people had told me like oh weight cutting sucks it's not great for you and it's like cool but until i'm the type of person it's like really until you do it and experience it yourself you gotta learn it the mm-hmm. hard way i guess yeah. um yeah. i just needed to have that experience and so the the tournaments i with ibjjf their bracket is 175 and up okay so that's the super heavyweight class that's what i'm in Mm -hmm. um and i just was like you know i'm gonna own it and let's just be in that weight class and not not uh i guess shy away from it and that's Mm -hmm. where i'm at and so a lot of times it's it's, it's better to come to that conclusion yourself, but sometimes you just have to learn the hard way. Yeah, shoot. It's kind of like, hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. right. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Now I know why you're telling yeah. me that. Hope that I can learn from that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you travel and compete a lot? Or I try to. So a little bit. Um, I go if it's in New Orleans or Dallas. I can usually make those trips. Um, <clears throat> usually Texas is a good good spot. I've been up to Memphis, but a lot of it it's because I'm a school teacher and I have to be back. You know, yeah. <laughs> to be at work at seven thirty in the morning on a Monday and yeah. be mentally there because if you're not there for the kids, I make yeah. it sound like they're going to jump you, but uh, they don't <laughs> jump me. 
but uh, yeah, they can sense weakness. So you got to be on your game. But um, no, I do travel a little bit, and that's something I'm hoping to do eventually uh, is, is travel a little bit more because it's always something like, oh, it's always so fun. I do better when I travel for events because if I'm at yeah. home, like I, I don't know, I get lulled into like, oh, it's okay, everything's fine. But if I travel a little bit, then I get the aggression. The aggression somehow is better uh, when I'm yeah. away. But saw it in Mississippi. You definitely, <laughs> you have the aggression. I don't know what happened with that decision. But, uh, uh, you no, can... <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset about it. And of course, yeah. I told my kids I was competing and they're like, what? You didn't win. What is this? I said, yeah. don't even start. <laughs> like, but watch the video and see how much I do actually dominate. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the experience, that's what they say, like you, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's like you either win or learn. Like it's yeah. opportunity and it happens on occasion that a ref's decision he doesn't go the way you expected it same thing i think it was my second mm-hmm. match yeah they raised the other gal's hand and i was like okay and like she went to, she was like this is not right she's like i will protest this and, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they're like whoa whoa sorry sorry made the wrong and so it's just something like that it's like what are you gonna do about it yeah After they've already yeah. kind of made their mind up or, or moved forward with that mm-hmm. decision um yeah, it happens, and I oh, had, yeah. I had yeah. a um, a prior uh, coach teammate who had that happen to her. And same thing; it's just it blows you away. You're like, oh, okay, oh, okay, all okay. right. Well, yeah. I guess here we are, and that's yeah. my thing: is like never leave it to ref's decision. Yeah, um, it's yeah. always yeah. Been my, my biggest. So try to try to submit, try to get points. I mean, sub them, and of course, you're trying to submit. Mm-hmm. I just try not to ever leave it to ref's decision because that's happened before. It's, yeah, it's it's it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But um, if nothing else, I learned uh, counters for when they do that. Okay, now yeah. I know what I can do, and so yeah. and you learn so much from because when you get into purple belt, and I'm sure you've experienced this competing at purple belt versus blue belt, uh, there's so much more te- there's so much more technical in their roles and so if you make mm-hmm. that one mistake it's mm-hmm. over you know they, they the whole match could go a different way and so you're wanting to make those roles because you can't look at someone and say oh i probably could beat them up you know i'm a lot stronger or i have more athleticism like no they can sneak up on you so fast you can't and sometimes yeah. uh you look at you know uh, a competitor and you think man they look like this wet noodle nerd they're not going to be able to do anything <laughs> I think about Mikey Musumeci, Darth Rigatoni you know he doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's going to be a, a fierce guy but you get him in the ring my god he messes everybody up you know so it's sometimes yeah. you just I don't know it just seems you can't ever count somebody out no um, it can be unsuspecting for sure mm-hmm. yeah, I think and, that's kind of a perfect example like my, my professor he's I'm 5'6 I think he's like Five two. He might be even shorter than that. I will oh insult him. He's shorter than the average. Well, they call and that so, short kings, right? This yeah, is exactly. what they he's, say. he's tiny but mighty, is what I say with him because he's short, <laughs> he's smaller, but he can he he can just roll you up like you didn't even know what happened to you until you're tapping and you're like, oh, what, what, what was that? And it's just it's neat because it's kind of the proofs in the pudding with that. It's like really size. I know people there. It's going to be the longest like debacle or debate. Is does size matter? And yes, in certain instances, it does. Yeah. In other instances, not really, because I've seen mm-hmm. my professor mm-hmm. go against like sumo wrestlers and he's able to, to wrap them up and do what he needs and gets the, the, the tap or whatever. And the same thing like with my case, some people were like, oh, well, you were larger than your opponent. I'm like, well, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had people who might be like, I don't know, like pounds, maybe 15 pounds taller than me, just mm-hmm. differently, whatever. And it's like, 
it's hard to gauge it to say yeah, like what's yeah. better or what's not but i know that that's like the age-old thing it's like oh size matters with how uh, how the person's gonna do their their can they invert are they gonna be guard are they gonna be uh, playing mm-hmm. top game are they gonna be the attacker or do they have wrestling experience because that right, definitely right. accelerates your jiu-jitsu game um when you've had prior wrestling experience yeah for sure no we um we got uh well we got a few wrestlers or former wrestlers in our gym here and uh, my husband was is is a former you know high school wrestler and uh he is planted like a tree i can't sweep him i can sweep everybody else i cannot sweep him and so uh and if i try to sweep i put too much sauce on it and then he gets up hurt and then i end up getting hurt and the next thing you know we got to go home with each other so i I try not to roll with him (laughs) but uh yeah, it, it just depends. Sometimes, you know, sometimes guys who are bigger, you know, they're not as flexible. They can't move yeah. uh, as much. But we've got a guy, he's a bigger guy. He's got f- hips as flexible as mine. It's just like, mm. that is not fair. Like, so size in a way, like if they know how to use it, oh, yeah, size matters. <laughs> um, but, you know, if they don't know how to use it, shoot. Yeah. I mean, a small uh, person can absolutely, you know, wreak have a wreck havoc, excuse me, not reek. That's the wrong word. Wreck havoc <laughs> on a dude yeah. that's, you know, two or three times their size, you know, it's just technique really is an equalizer. You yeah. Know? And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I know you had mentioned like the difference between blue belt and purple belt. And I've heard mm-hmm. some people say mm-hmm. that the difference between a purple belt and a black belt is just years on the mat. Mm -hmm. Um, because like the, the strength or the mental fortitude or, uh, the skill set of everything that you've learned to get to purple belt, um, it's just time on the mat and maybe some of the more detailed technical aspects of the, of the, of the craft. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting approach to think as you think, oh, well, you still have brown and then, and then you get your black, but it makes sense because, um, a lot of times, like you said, of course, depending on the gym, um, if you are getting promoted, like as you should be, um, mm-hmm. you should have a wealth of knowledge by the time you're a purple belt. Um, and that's my thing is I might understand or know a lot of things, but I'm learning things left and right. I mean, mm-hmm. even when I went to switch at that gym, I learned a new kind of approach <clears throat> to a technique that I already may have understood, but there was a different approach to it or a key detail that maybe I never really could comprehend until it was shown to me in a different way and that's mm-hmm. the neat thing of like going and training or competing at uh different gyms and stuff you're able to see something in a different light that maybe it just wasn't sinking in the way it was taught and i'm sure for you being a teacher and stuff you understand like not every student is going to learn the exact mm-hmm. same way so you have to tailor it to um, each individual um, student to how they're going to be able to grasp the information that you're telling them oh for sure and so much of it too uh, I've heard it explained as well, like, yeah, it's years on the map, but it's also the timing. You know, it's yeah. the same technique, but you're quicker on the timing. You're quicker yeah. on, you know, make, you know, chaining things together. It's the same techniques. It's just mm-hmm. hours on the mat and being able to use the right technique at the right time. Yeah. You know, that's and that's everything. Right. And that comes again with years of experience. <laughs> yeah. Time on the mat and opportunity to have drills worked with other individuals who've made like hone in on on your craft or mm-hmm. the specific technique or the submission that you like like i love doing americanas and stuff and so i really honed in on the different elements of how to really make it be a brutal submission um mm-hmm. but you also don't want to get such tunnel vision that you don't see the other submissions mm-hmm. i'd say that was kind of the greatest leap that i had from blue belt to purple belt was um being able, like you said, to chain the submissions, but also not 
giving up other opportunities to submit because you were centrally focused and had tunnel vision on, I have to get this one sub. Yeah. This is my go-to. I'm comfortable here. So that's what I'm going to go after. Um, if anything, it was a perfect display at the tournament in Mississippi because I got, was it a toe hold, a heel mm-hmm. hook, a nasty step over the head Kimura. Um, yeah. And the last one was the triangle. Armbar, didn't you have an armbar too? Or what, I think what, I got, was it armbar or omoplata? Because you broke the girl's arm. So I was trying to remember was a, which one. That was a step over the head Kimura. Okay, yeah, that, okay. was, that was a tree snap, uh, tree limbs there. I found her on Instagram like a yeah. couple of days later. It seemed like she was fine. So I was like, Okay, okay, I don't know okay. how you did that, but um, you must be got really young. young yeah, I got that young, <laughs> them young bones, that young healing factor. That I'm never in, I don't want to hurt anybody, but mm-hmm. competition's a different beast because there's still that balance of like, I still don't want to hurt anybody, but I will. Yeah. If, I yeah. mean, uh, I have to. If you're going to be stubborn and not tap, and it's like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I go. mean it's some people just won't tap and it's like i gotta shift monday morning i gotta tap yeah exactly yeah i'm not doing this full time y'all you know no 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 (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it's just being you know i think at, at purple belt especially and i just again watching you compete uh it's just recognizing, okay, when do I need to let something go? Right. Cause yeah. that, uh, that's a struggle I have is sometimes I'll get that tunnel vision. Like I work for this. I'm not giving it up. No. Okay. Give, give it up. They're, they're turtling. They're rolling you over their back right now. So just let's move on yeah. to something yeah. else. Right. And that's something that definitely with time mm-hmm. to kind of, I was like, no, I want this. Should I worked hard to get here? But they're already like slipping out of it or whatever. It's like, okay, now can I go to the next one? What's the next uh, submission that's still in this realm or this position that I'm in? What's mm-hmm. the next uh, move that I can get? Uh, I think it was the one match um, that I was, we were doing lake stuff and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting more comfortable with it. I'm definitely not well versed in the, the leg attacks yet, but uh, I love toe holds. Mm-hmm. And um, the one where I, I had to sacrifice for a moment my foot to go after hers and that's something that it's like in the moment you're thinking like all right i gotta be quick with this i'm giving her my own foot to go after and so it's like a moment of sacrifice to get what you were going after uh Mm -hmm. that's another thing that i think takes time to to uh understand and know when to use it and when not to because you certainly don't want to be like sacrificing a limb for another submission that then they might be able to get you before you get them and (laughs) so there's a risk factor of course with that but um, mm-hmm. To be able to lock in the toehold that I had gotten on her, my foot was exposed for a minute, and yeah. it can be nerve-wracking. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm doing this hopefully methodically, and uh, see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it turned <laughs> out favor. well. Yeah. yeah, it did. It worked in my favor at that instance. Would I do that again? It would definitely have to be a time and circumstance type of thing. Yeah, and my question would be like, because I know sort of kind of in my division it's more common uh to see the the crazy leg stuff uh, coming yeah. in is it common in uh your weight division at all not as much no um a lot of it depends on the height of the gals um okay there's one like person that i'll go against and she's more comfortable doing like the guard playing and things and mm-hmm. it just depends and that's it like you never know what you're gonna get like someone might look like they're a guard player and they end up playing stand up with me pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends. And that's why I say like, never underestimate them, never underestimate yourself. And mm-hmm. you're going in with the goal that you are going to win the match, but how you go about that, be open-minded to any and all opportunities that present themselves. And um, 
yeah, it's definitely, you never know. Like, no, you really don't. You really don't. And I, I know there's been some expressions I've heard about, you know, being in a tournament or being in that kind of a fight on the mat, like a fight to win situation. It's worth so many hours training. Um, yeah. and I feel like it is. I mean, because it's nothing tax, at least nothing physically taxes me quite like an actual live fight because you're going to learn, yeah. oh, well, this is fun. I can do this in the gym all the time. But when your adrenaline's going and you're you know, don't want to say your life's on the line, but it is simulated <laughs> murder, you know, yeah. so, and, and, you know, in some senses of the word, your life's on the line, you're going to see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe why that mental aspect, that mental training is that, you know, if you're not used to that, it's that simulated fight situation, you're going to see how do I behave when mm-hmm. the adrenaline's going, when I feel like someone's trying to hurt me. I don't know. There's just something so valuable about that kind of role and that kind of experience. I don't think you have to compete to level up, uh, you know, and get belts in jujitsu, yeah. but I think it's really great to see where you're at and does your jujitsu really work? I don't and know. That's what the are benefit your thoughts? Of doing local ones because mm-hmm. you're not having to put a, a lot of the game. You're still kind of getting your feet wet, able to kind of see like how you measure up against people who are within your division. Because of course, like when you train at the gym, there might not be people who are your exact size and belt weight and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. or belt rank. And so when you're able to go to a tournament and have that opportunity and, you know, like you said, simulated murder basically, and the opportunity <laughs> to kind of put your, your skills on the line, going against somebody who isn't a teammate, isn't your professor. Um, it's, it's definitely another, uh, a way to progress your, your game overall. I like that. I don't, I don't think you have to compete. I know there's plenty of people who just do this as a, as a hobby and something that they enjoy. And that's, that's great. And that's a awesome, um, thing that you're just training to have the camaraderie and then the skill set to know what, what jujitsu is and what it can do for your life. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, like I'm a competitor through and through. Um, and yeah. I, I love that I can dial it back and coach the women's class that I do and, and explain, like you said, like having the opportunity to coach, you learn or are able to hone in on some details that maybe you've been too quick or you overlook when you're in a live role with one of your teams. Um, so having an opportunity to break it down or hear questions from your students who are seeing it from a different angle, um, it definitely has helped me a lot um, coaching and being in that environment. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely it's it's helpful for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I know. Um, and I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I'm right there with you. I've got that competitor itch. I, I you know, I <laughs> talk to my friends who are about my age, which I'm not old. I know I'm not old. Yeah, but, no, definitely yeah. not. But, you know, I'm just, like I dislocated this shoulder <laughs> doing the bench press and then this <laughs> elbow's all messed up. You touch it and like, ah, you know, because that's the one everyone always submits. But I just I don't know. I can't stop. You know, I, I mm-hmm. love competing. And um, just because I don't know, I, I just have a chance to put my tests, you know, put myself to the test. Like, OK, what's going to work now? What's not going to work? And, you know, and I don't know, just conquer that inner. I don't want to say inner demon because that's a bit strong of a word. But those inner thoughts of doubt of, oh, I couldn't handle myself. I can't do this. Well, no, yeah. it, this is a way for me to prove those voices, you know, wrong, right? It's like, no, yeah. you, you know, you know, some things and now you can actually apply what you've learned and take that back to teach, you know, when you teach class. I, I don't know. That's the way I kind of try to approach uh, jujitsu and 
competing that and I also just like to there's something really satisfying getting the tap there's just something yeah. really satisfying I'm sure it's fun when you and your husband train together too it is we have to be we have to be play nice with each other because I tell oh, Ben I said look you stop breathing in your sleep all I've got to do is just pull that pillow right across I play the long game so <laughs> yeah so. I, I think like the most important thing too is like even like training like because I see a lot of couples and stuff who train on the mats that's a fun mm-hmm. element to bring to the table but I think the most important thing whether you're a competitor or not or young or old or whatever mm-hmm. um, longevity of the sport is what I think is most important um, even at, like most importantly as a competitor but even just as an everyday practitioner uh, I feel like that's another thing that doesn't really get talked about a lot or are the things that you do outside the gym mm-hmm. supplement things to help advance your your game or just help with the longevity so um something that I have been doing a lot is like making sure I'm lifting weights so it doesn't need to be anything crazy but mm-hmm. just lifting light weights and things to help um, my body as a supplemental outside of the training room um, training that I do um, diet and nutrition I feel like is something mm-hmm. that's really important as well like are you fueling your body the proper way or um, how you go I mean I saw some people who are who compete and are like eating a big mat before they go I don't know how they do that I don't either I would puke. Uh, mm-hmm. that is definitely not anything that I could do but I think your nutrition and, and what you eat and drink and I I've never really been a big drinker anyways but mm-hmm. um, usually like when I'm competing or leading up to a competition a few weeks before I, I'll make sure I'm not drinking anything at all mm-hmm. um, just because it's not important to me but I've never had that issue to stop drinking alcohol so that's not a problem mm-hmm. but uh, I know for some people like oh yeah I just drank last night I had a beer and here we'll go compete I'm like oof okay uh, affects your your game or, or whatever but then also it's the like some people they need massages and things to help their body mm-hmm. have a, a sports therapist I go see um and it's really been helpful for some tight spots like you said with your shoulder or your elbow mm-hmm. or um for me I had an injury uh, back in November uh, I think I may have mentioned that you mm-hmm. too is a dead orchard arm bar um yeah and it was it was hard to come back from from that uh type of injury when you have ligaments and tendons that get yeah. tore and especially your most dominant hand like my dominant Oof. hand so um yeah. the approach to to that and the chiropractic care and, and everything mm-hmm. else that i've uh added in as ways to help with the longevity of the sport Mm-hmm. Um, I know like the caveat is there's there's good and bad chiropractors. I will just throw oh, that yeah. out there. Oh, um, sure. Like just like there's good and bad doctors. It's mm-hmm. just <laughs> I know some people are like, oh, I've been burned in the past. I'm like, I get it. But there's there's good and bad of everything. Absolutely. Um, my dad was an amazing chiropractor and he no longer practices, but mm-hmm. trying to find a chiropractor to match his skill set. It's very hard, um, mm. but I've, I found a gentleman that does a good job good. Uh, for what I need. And mm-hmm. um yeah, there's there's things and steps that we can take to help with the longevity of the sport. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it needs to be about more. Uh, oh yeah, more sources or things available to people. Mainly, just know that that there are these alternative and other additional things to add into your jujitsu game that aren't just time on the mat, showing mm-hmm. up for classes and, and things like that, or even the ice plunge. Um, my gym oh, has yeah. the opportunity to do that. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was gone, so we had an ice barrel. While I was gone, my professor and his wife installed an ice like plunge, like the, the actual yeah. tub itself that circulates the cool. I am uh. so excited to try that uh, tomorrow, um, and and it kind of experienced the. I think he said it's like 37 degrees or 35. Mm. I don't know, Whew. something crazy. And then of course, like sauna is important as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you were there. You did the uh, cryo. I did uh, chamber. I 
I was I was skeptical at first. I was like, is it good to do this like before a tournament? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Cause he um he said he just had a whole football team come in before we all showed up and they were mm-hmm. getting ready to go, you know, do a an actual um a game. And I was like, okay. I was a little hesitant. I was like, all right, let's do it. I think that also helped me um, I think that so. night as well. So it was like, a few minutes in the cryo chamber. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's something for those who are not aware. I'm not sure what the company was called, but it was in at the summit event. Uh, it was in Hernando, Mississippi. I think it was at the Gatorade. Yeah. The Gatorade field house. And they had yep. a kind of cryo recovery center. And so they had a great deal where you could get like compression therapy and uh, the, the not cold plunge, but the, the cryo tanks. The chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did the compression therapy before I went out. And I, I mean, I wish I could take them with me everywhere. Exactly. I compete. It, it, was it super really made a difference to have it there. And get to do it either before or after. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some people probably did both. I just did it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was amazed. And he was like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I actually, I, I've only done the cryo, but like once. It was maybe yeah. two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the supplement is the cold plunge. But he told me, he was like, it's more concentrated, more condensed of the cold. He was like, it'll it'll like, you know, penetrate your skin a lot better than uh, ice bath. He was like, it's basically an ice bath on steroids. Yeah. Um, so that was super, super neat to have yeah. that there at the at the facility. Um, mm-hmm. I think that also was another thing that helped with my, <laughs> my sure, performance yeah. uh, competition. I, yeah, I did mine after the match um, when okay. I knew that I was done and that I was awake for the rest of the drive. <laughs> you so certainly when, were because you were coaching. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was awake for sure, for sure. But, <laughs> but man, that makes me so curious just about what can we do at gyms? Can we get those, you know, could a gym get those resources like yours and like offer that? Um, I don't know if you can see it, but it's a book called Outlive by Peter Atia. Have you heard of him? I'm not. Um, no. So is, he's talking, he talks a lot about you know you have a lifespan and you have a health span and you Mm. want to get those two to meet as close as possible so I have grandparents who are in nursing homes you know they can't really they've been in there for a while um but they physically can't do things for themselves so their health span went way down but my grandfather is 98 so his lifespan is quite extreme but health span includes things like being able to walk and feed yourself, you know, clothe yourself, you know, do things for yourself that we all kind of take for granted. And so it's just trying to extend that quality of life. And he talks a lot about, you know, measuring, taking blood tests, those sorts of things. And I don't think we talk about that a lot just in general, you know, just longevity in the sport, but longevity in life, like let's redefine what longevity means. And so that's something that I've seen, um, you know, some relatives having dementia or Alzheimer's and uh, it's like, oh, man, there's things we can do to help mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and physical exercise is one of the big things. Jiu-jitsu is one of those things. And just taking care of yourself, like you're saying, eating right, um, a body that's active tends to stay in motion. And, you know, if you're in motion, your mental clarity is usually higher. I have two grandparents, uh, two grandmothers. One was very sedentary and she kind of soaked in her negativity a lot and her quality of life went down quicker. Whereas I have another grandmother who's very active. She's had a broken hip. She's gone through so much stuff and she's able to drive. She drove down from Starkville, Mississippi down to, 
down to Jackson, Mississippi by herself. You know, so it's just yeah. similar ages, but totally different, you know, lifestyles. Life approach mm-hmm. to, to um, how they take care of themselves. I think mm-hmm. that's it. My, my grandfather uh, on my mom's side, um, he's dealing with very progressive dementia at mm-hmm. the moment. And we tried to figure out if there were alternative things. And he was definitely a little bit more sedentary. I mean, in his younger years, he would go hunting and things. But I think after retirement, like his, his lifestyle just kind of was like, all right, well, mm. we'll go on a walk maybe once a day, which I know is more than most people. Yeah. Um, and it's hard with dementia to kind of pinpoint exactly like what were the things that kind of accelerated it or, or led to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family definitely it was approached more natural medicines and uh, more holistic uh, medicine. And so finding ways and alternatives of things that can can help strengthen the brain or strengthen your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had started giving him um, MCT oil and some other oh, yeah. like healthy oils and things. I think that has helped him. It's it's hard to gauge it, but um, I know that, like you said, there's just a lot of different things that we can do if we really take into account like what we're what we're feeding ourselves and mental things. I mean, that can take you down real quick if you don't mm-hmm. have mental fortitude for a positive positive mm-hmm. attitude and it's hard of course i mean life is life there's there's always going to be ups and downs there's going to be hardships there's going to be you know like what is your um your emotional stability mm-hmm. um, because you can have those high points and you can have those low points but it's how high the highs are and how low the lows are mm-hmm. um and it's finding that happy medium that balance and a lot of it too is who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. uh, that's something that my parents preached from a young age was the importance of who you who you surround yourself with can can make or break um you striving for your goals or, or dreams and knowing that you mm-hmm. i mean of course you're gonna do it alone but not completely alone because who you have around right. you is going to influence your your thought process and the, oh, yeah. the will or the drive or the difference between motivation and, and discipline i mean motivation is what will maybe get you started but determination is going to what's going to be keeping you going and mm-hmm. the mental fortitude to uh continue on with whatever it is that you're pursuing whether it's jujitsu or a, a job adventure or s- schooling or anything along those lines mm-hmm. anything with your life it's there's a lot of different things that play into it um and just for being sure. curious i think is most important in figuring mm-hmm. out what works best for you and, and what works maybe for somebody else Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, jujitsu, I've, I've, you know, heard on different podcasts, I think on Joe Rogan's too, that it's going through the difficult thing, you know, we don't yeah. like going through difficult things. But it's surprising how much easier the rest of life is when you can get out of someone trying to choke you to death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you, if you can conquer that battle, okay, I think I can conquer anything, right? And you know, that's you it. Can, it's like, you just had somebody, if you do like the morning class, like I do, mm-hmm. uh, we have 6 a.m. murder mats and stuff. And it's like, you're, you got get struggle cuddles that early in the morning. I love it. I think I can handle a, a dissatisfied customer, someone calling on the phone. You might be having a bad day themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can help their day be a little bit better and not get so um, on the defensive, I guess, mm-hmm. because you're a little bit more um, empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why does this difficult thing this early morning? Mm-hmm. I think I can handle whatever else life tends to throw at you the rest of the day. We're very similar. I like to do either lifting at 4.30 in the morning or we do jujitsu at 5 a.m. So, okay. yeah. so, but let's go back real quick. Did you just say 6 a.m. murder mass, like going to mass at 6 a.m.? No, mass, M-A-T-S. Oh. <laughs> okay. Murder okay. mass. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think you should change it to murder mass. I think that has yeah. a ring to it. Yeah, exactly. So it used to be um, before we had the gym, we were training out of my professor's house in his garage. Okay. Um, and it was at 5 a.m. And so oh, we wow. called it murder mass because it's through and through like very murderous, let alone to get out of bed, but then to go and simulate murder. Mm-hmm. with your teammates and your professor and all of that when we got the gym and everything established there we decided that 6 a.m was more reasonable for everybody <laughs> to be able to show up but also the coaches to be able to be present and be there uh, right. myself included um so we've been able to be it out that i teach wednesday morning mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of my other um, teammates each day we have monday through friday um mm-hmm. 6 a.m class awesome. but yeah we call it murder mats because it was originally established at 5 a.m but uh it's still we we have it be a little bit more aggressive we still will go over a a technique or whatever but we definitely leave a lot more time for um positional drilling and then live rolls so we try to make it be a little bit more intense than maybe what the night classes will be okay Uh, but for me i like the night classes can be just as intense as the morning (laughs) yeah so um it, it definitely it depends uh how how you go into the mat how you go into the room and how mm-hmm. you're gonna you know, the training partners that you're gonna line up with or whatever but i'll usually have like three or four people specifically in mind that i'm like all right if i get rolls in with them tonight that'll be uh, a good uh, uh opportunity to get some rolls in so oh, yeah <laughs> well for sure if they're coming in that early in the morning you know they're dedicated and serious oh, yeah. so yes and you have the you have the people who will always be there like the diehards then you yep. have the people kind of ebb and flow and, and show up you know when they can which i'm like well still kudos to you to come uh that early in the morning um some people just doesn't work with their schedule at all come right. to the class mm-hmm. to have that offered uh, monday through friday has been mm-hmm. um helpful and to see their progression is really neat because they can only come to the morning class so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man i'm telling you sarah it has been so fantastic talking with you it really has yes. been and um we've got um boudin our dog his birthday's today so we have a little party oh. for him so we got to give him his little cupcake and take the okay. mandatory pictures That's but, awesome. um, anything uh coming up on the horizon of course pans anything else coming up for you that we can um, pans be on the is look a big at? one i know that uh at the the gym that i told you i went to open mat they're having mm-hmm. a super fight i think that's october 21st so okay i'm planning for that and then worlds in december those are kind of the three awesome big ones whatever happens between then and now we'll see but uh awesome. no, i love talking with you and i yes. it's an honor to be on your podcast and I'm glad that we met and yes. have the opportunity to talk. <laughs> another murderous sarah i love it so <laughs> exactly yes well you wish your dog a happy birthday and i, I appreciate will. the opportunity to talk with you and we'll chat soon for sure. yes sounds good thank you all right bye, bye. Bye-bye.